good to be here. Let us uh, turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 through 20. Let us look together and read together God's Word. I don't mean that verbally, but just read along with me. So, remembering this is God's Word to us. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went down to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that, Lord, you give us a gift in this gospel account of our Lord Jesus' birth. We're so grateful, Lord, for the ways in which you have worked on our behalf. Lord, I pray that even now you would bring peace in the hearts of each one here, that they would, Lord, be refreshed by, Lord, this gospel of peace that is so clear in in this word, and you have given us peace in Christ. So, Lord, we, I pray for peace for myself as well. Lord, as, Lord it is a humbling and, and, and daunting task to proclaim your word to your people. Lord, I want to be faithful. And I pray that you would hide the messenger, that you would, Lord, let your word go forth and not return void, but you would be honored and glorified. It's in the name of Jesus we ask it. And God's people said, Amen. A lady had a circle of friends that she really wanted to buy Christmas presents for. But time slipped away, and she got too busy with work to get out there and purchase the gifts that she wanted to buy. So she decided not too many days before Christmas to go buy some Christmas cards. And so she picked through the 
remaining gift sets that were there and found something she wanted. It was really beautiful on the outside, but she didn't take time to read the message on the inside of the card. And she thought, well, this is perfect, and she just rushed and hurriedly signed each one with all my love. Well, as New Year's came, and she had time to go back to two or three of the cards that were remaining, she was shocked to read the message inside. It said in a little rhyme, this Christmas card is just to say a little gift is on its way. Oops. Her peace was suddenly threatened, wasn't it? By a sudden onset of fear and anxiety, great disappointment. Can you relate to that at all in your life? Something happens, fear suddenly overwhelms you, anxiety or disappointment or just utter shock. What is threatening your peace this time of year? What is threatening your your peace? There's always something that seems to come and threaten our peace in this world, maybe even from within in our flesh. There is this sense of living in chaos, as, as Brian said last week in his sermon. How, what do we think of when we think of this year? There's a word that kept coming to my mind it was chaos in the world. There's chaos, it seems like, in our world. So, But I want to just say to you guys that as, as we look at this gospel account, what we have here is basically God's Christmas card to us that we can open every day. It can be Christmas every day in our hearts as we open God's Christmas card to us, open the gospel account and look and see what God has done for us in giving us this gift of peace in the gospel. Jesus Christ coming in the flesh for us that we can know peace. So this morning, I want us to to be refreshed in our peace as we look at three ways God refreshes us in our peace. First of all, God's plan refreshes our peace, verses 1 through 7. God's provision refreshes our peace, verses 8 through 14. And then God's presence refreshes our peace, verses 15 through 20. So let's look at these things together. I pray that God would refresh you this morning in his peace. First of all, Luke goes into this great account of a very detailed account of the birth of Christ and the context, the setting in which it happened. Luke tells us about the plan of Caesar Augustus, who for his own glory and pride wanted all under Roman rule to be registered and counted. Oftentimes Caesars would do this to display their might and their power. This is how many people I have under my reign. But they also did it to demonstrate great greed because when you know who's in the kingdom, then you can tax those in the kingdom. It's a money-making thing. And so it's really a greed and power thing that he's, he's taxing, uh, registering the people and, and, and then going to tax them. You see, the Caesars had this idea of peace called the Pax Romana. As, as the Romans often praised their emperors for bringing this peace on earth, it is in that setting that God brought about the birth of our Savior, the Prince of Peace. You see, it's interesting, the Stoic philosopher Epictetus, a contemporary of the Gospel writer of Luke who wrote this Gospel, he said that all the while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he's unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart, for which man yearns more than even for outward peace. So true, isn't it? 
The Romans were cruel. They plundered nations. They enslaved peoples. They oppressed the poor. But it's in this context that we see the providence of God. It is in this context that we see the plan of God being worked out sovereignly. It's interesting we see in the text, each person was to go to the town of their birth, and so we see Joseph, who lived in Galilee, and Nazareth specifically, traveling to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He came there along with Mary, his fiancée, who was with child. It's interesting, as we read it, we don't read it like this, but a Jew reading Luke's gospel would look at this and go, ooh, Galilee. He's coming from Galilee? That's a nasty place. It's full of the dogs, those dogs, the Gentiles. He'd go on to say, Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. That's just a small town that is full of reprobates, bad people. But then he'd be somehow impressed by the lineage of, of this uh, man named Joseph and, and, and maybe of, of, of Mary as he's thinking about this, but it would all come crashing down as he sees that this woman is about to give birth. Surely judgmental and critical thoughts would overwhelm his mind. But interestingly enough, as, as we look at this passage, Joseph was a law-abiding citizen. He was doing what was told of him by the law to submit to the authorities and going and registering in his hometown. He was not like those of Nazareth. He was of the house and lineage of David. Joseph and Mary both were royalty, related to David, King David. And there was also this great hope that that great King David had been given by God in a covenant, that his seed would reign on the throne forever. And so they're showing their faithfulness to the ways of God. We we know from chapter 1 that this baby, this was not an illegitimate child. This was not a child that was born of, of, of some kind of a sinful action. This was a child that was special. He was the Messiah. He was to be the one who would save the people from their sins. And so you see also them, this whole concept of a baby born laid in a manger. There's a, there's a humility about this scene. He's royalty, and yet he's coming in great humility. He's coming almost in an obscure fashion that is not very noticeable. So how does God's plan to bring Christ in the fullness of time in this setting of Caesar Augustus, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, what do we see there that relates to us? Well, it shows us, for one thing, that there is no coincidence or chance with God. If you find yourself saying that, you can't keep saying it. Because if your theology believes that, then something is wrong. Because that's not the way the Scriptures indicate things. Our God is sovereign. He knows all things. He knows what's going on. And everything that has happened is happening and will happen in your life. God knows it and it's a part of His plan. You have to submit to that. Otherwise, He's not a God worth worshiping. He's limited in every way. So God's plan refreshes our peace knowing that He is in control. He knows what He's doing. And you might not know what He's doing at this time. But to know when you look at a passage like this, God, you know what was happening as these people were oppressed. You know what you were doing 
behind the scenes. God works through even these plans of men like Caesar Augustus. All the events in the world are orchestrated by God. We also see that God's plan of redemption is sure. He promised this, and now he's fulfilling it. And as we read this Christmas card to us, God is saying, you see, I'm faithful to my word. I don't break my word. I keep my word, and my word is good to you. So maybe right now you are facing things that you are, 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 are disturbed in your peace. Your, your peace is threatened. Maybe it is fear. Maybe it is great disappointment. Maybe physical conditions uh, or something going on in your family that you just, you're, you're burdened by. And you're going, God, this has taken away my peace. Folks, your peace rests in God who is sovereign, who knows everything, and who's got it all worked out. He's got it all worked out. It's hard for us to grasp that because we're finite beings. And we're not in control, but there is one who is. And he's got you. He's got this thing figured out. God's plan is to save us from our sins, to bring this Messiah into our world, that we can be brought into this new kingdom and to have peace and a refreshing peace at that. God's plan is meant to refresh us in our peace. God's provision also refreshes our peace. Luke tells us of the shepherds in this particular area of Bethlehem who were in their field keeping watch over their flocks there at nighttime. Let me tell you about shepherds. And you might have heard this before, but I found this really interesting and fascinating. Shepherds were very poor, very uneducated, and considered lower class. Sometimes they were even considered criminals. They were known as people who weren't regular temple worshipers, They would provide the sacrifices for the temples, uh, no less, but they were not a part of God's covenant community where they were worshiping God together with God's people. But in God's great irony, he appears to them, these guys of no class, uh, of low class, of social status being seen maybe on the level of prostitutes and tax collectors, those who had never seen the inner court of the temple and been a part of God's worshiping people were visited by an angel of the Lord. Now, why is that so significant? Well, it's so significant because those people were not those who were worshiping God at the time, those who would be seen as righteous. These are those who were outside and maybe not even looking for the Lord. But the Lord, nonetheless had a message for them. And so what, did, what do we see as the, the light of, of God's glory shone around them and the angel spoke with them? You see that they experienced great fear. Surely they felt like, uh-oh, my time's up. The Lord's going to hold me account now. I'm, I'm going to be judged because I know I'm a sinful person. Surely they feared judgment and wrath. They surely thought their peaceful night wouldn't end peacefully. But instead, the angel tells them, don't be afraid. Instead of giving them bad news, what do we see the angel give to them? I come to tell you good news of great joy. Good news is coming to these shepherds. Good news of great joy. What is that good news that, he's, that the angel shares with them? For unto you is born this day, or for to, for to you 
is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These shepherds, these lowly shepherds, were the first to hear about Jesus coming. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that radical? I I can't help but think, shalom, peace, this sense of well-being overwhelmed these shepherds. Really? A Savior born for us? Right here, right now, in this time in history? Who are we to receive such good news as this? They, too, could celebrate this great Savior and rejoice in Him. And the angel gave them a sign that was true. They would find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This was going to point to to the reality of God's word here. And suddenly there was with this angel multitudes of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Do you guys understand? I, I think... It is a beautiful thing that we have to grasp. These shepherds, not expecting anything from God, to suddenly be told, there is good news for you, of great joy, that there's a Savior born for you here. And having all these angels suddenly appear, praising God, glorifying God in their presence. I can't help but wonder if this was the first church service experience that these shepherds ever had. But nonetheless, they were a part of this and ushered into a part of this and experienced peace through God's provision unto them. You see, this momentous event revealed God's grace for them for the first time. His favor based on His own love and mercy, not upon what they had done, but His mercy and grace toward them as sinners. Surely these shepherds thought, wait a minute, if, if we're included in this, Surely sinners of all types and stripes are going to be included also. And that's what I want us to see this morning. That God's peace, His provision of a Savior, is for our peace. is for sinners' peace. It doesn't matter what you have done. If you realize that Jesus has come for you to give you peace, that passes understanding, peace with God, peace with man, you see, our sin alienates us from God. The world wants to say everybody's a a child of God. Everybody's got the same opportunity to to know God and, and be His children. That's not the case. We're all sinners. We're all alienated from God. But we're only reconciled through Jesus Christ and His provision for us. God's work of grace in our lives where we go, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of You. I'm in need of Your salvation. I'm in need of this peace. Because we're at odds. That's why Jesus has come. So this provision of a Savior refreshes our peace. Does it refresh your peace today to know that? That you have been made right with God as you trust in Jesus Christ. If you do not trust in Jesus Christ, you're not made right with Him yet. The evidence of your being made right with God is that you believe and trust in Him as your Savior, as the one alone who is paid for your salvation. Your peace can be refreshed again, knowing that you have a relationship with the Prince of Peace, and it's only by grace. It's not by anything we could ever do. 
We can't earn or earn God's approval. We cannot earn anything by our righteous deeds because everything we do is stained with sin. But thanks be to God that He comes to sinners and He works in sinners' hearts. Thanks be to God for His provision of a Savior who is righteous and holy, who can save us because He identifies us in every way. He came in the flesh to be identified with us. Where are you today in needing a reminder of God's provision? Count your blessings, but count most of all Jesus Christ and what he has come to do for you. He came on a mission of love and a mission of peace. He's come for us to know and experience that. Do you experience that today? You can as you trust in him afresh and look to him afresh. We also see God's presence refreshes our peace. Verses 15 through 20. These shepherds in shock didn't seek to tell others right away about their angelic visitation. They didn't go grab a bite to eat. Luke tells us that they said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. These guys were ready to go. They were ready to hit the road and go see this baby in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The shepherds sought to be in the presence of the very one that they were told about. These shepherds wanted to be in the presence of God with us. They understood God is working among us, but they wanted to see God with us. Jesus himself, Emmanuel. They, as they were, <clears throat> knew they were welcomed in God's, uh, by God's grace and refreshed even in their own peace, uh, they went to see Jesus. And their lives were being transformed as they were experiencing uh, all of this provision of God and the unfolding of God's plan. They pursued the Messiah until they found Him and His parents. They wanted to be with Him. And they found Him just as the angel had said. The sign that the angel gave came true. They found Jesus. I was reading the other day this uh, book that's uh, by a man named Ken and Bailey that's talking about the Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes. We often misunderstand thinking that Jesus was born in some kind of stable. You know, we have these nativity scenes that make it look like a barn, and that's where Jesus was born. And, and he was speaking about how many of the peasant homes actually had almost like a, a barn attached to the house where the animals were, were there in the peasant home. And I just think it's interesting that um, these shepherds, you know, once again, they found Jesus in a peasant home uh, with the animals, and and surely, you know how could God bring His Messiah in such a place? But nonetheless, the the shepherds are coming and wanting to be in the presence of Jesus, wanting to share with Mary and Joseph all that they had witnessed that night. They testified to what the angel had said and what they had witnessed there with a multitude of angels. Such information was worth sharing. And Luke tells us in verse 18 that the peace and the presence of God that they experienced refreshed their peace as, as they said, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This peace that they experienced, they were wanting to share and, and, and it was something that was shared. Everybody who was hearing it was like, wow, this is something that we've never heard of before. This is a brand new thing. This is exciting. And they were in wonder. Mary's peace was enhanced as well. As Luke tells us that she treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them there. 
God was giving peace upon peace by His presence to all involved. She knew the comfort and security of God's presence in a special way as the word was now about was now out about her son. And Luke tells us the shepherds returned to their flocks. But they didn't return the same men that they, that they came, right? They were incredibly changed and transformed. They were affected by seeing the Messiah, by being in the presence of the Messiah, seeing the sign fulfilled. And what do we see the text say? The text says that they returned to where they came from, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They experienced incredible peace in the presence of our Lord. But this peace didn't lead to their silence. It led to their worship. Does your peace with the Lord lead you to seek to glorify Him in your life, to seek to want to worship Him in everything that you do? That is what knowing Christ should do for us as we look to Him, as we worship Him, as we contemplate all of what He has done for us to come in flesh for us, to be present among us. It's to lead to our worship. Are you worshiping God with your whole heart today? Our Lord wants to refresh us in His peace, and I promise you, as you look to Jesus, as you look to the very fact that He is present in your life and in your heart, you will find great peace. And you will be moved to glorifying Him and worshiping Him and wanting to share His peace with others. Wanting to glorify Him and all that you do. God's presence refreshes our peace also as we meet with other believers, as we share what God has been doing, as we testify to what He has done already. And this is why we have corporate worship and fellowship. This is why we do what we do here. Because He is present among us. And we are celebrating Him as we come together as God's people every Sunday and every time we gather. There's a refreshing of peace as we come together and worship. God's presence refreshes our peace also as we go about our daily lives, seeking to make a priority of glorifying and praising Him as He's brought new creation about in us, new life and new hope and new perspective. Also, God's presence refreshes our peace as we seek to share His peace <clears throat> with those around us and our families. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I was worried about that happening. <clears throat> God's presence refreshes our peace as we share His peace with those around us. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Showing kindness working through misunderstandings, offering forgiveness, helping one another through hard times, offering encouragement, sharing with one another that the Messiah has come to bring us peace and, and peace through His grace. <clears throat> I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> Hopefully I can make it through. Philip Graham Ryken of Wheaton College shared a story of a missionary who was studying Luke chapter 2, verse 14 struggling to translate it into a particular native tongue. The term peace was especially difficult because there was no equivalent <clears throat> in this particular local language. But with the help of his assistant, he finally came up with a translation that captured the heart of the verse. God in heaven is just so good, 
So the people who live in this world, if God's heart is happy with them, then their fear is all gone now. Folks, if this word is true, this word in Luke 2, verse 14, that Jesus has come to bring peace, our fear is all gone now. There is no reason to fear. When He is with us and He is for us, who could be against us? And this is one of the great results of the Savior's birth. When we come to God through faith in Christ, we have real peace. We don't always experience the full benefit of that peace because sometimes we are forgetting to trust in the Lord. Sometimes we're looking at our circumstances and and losing sight of where we are and, and whose we are and where we're heading. But I want this morning to just continue to help us as we consider the new year coming in front of us, that this gospel message, that it's a a gift to us, a Christmas gift to keep opening the gospel, to look to Jesus, to look every day to Him as our one who is the fulfillment of God's plan of redemption, who is God's provision for us and our salvation, who is the one who's come to be present among us, to work among us, to live among us, that one day we can be with Him in glory. He, our God, and we, His people. Only He can refresh our peace by His plan, provision, and presence. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word today. We thank You for Your working through, Lord, Your Word in spite of, Lord, uh, our own ways of falling short and our, our... our struggles as humans. We thank you, Father, that you are our God who amidst the chaotic world in which we live where the enemy seems to uh, be running rampant and seeking to uh, do all that he can to disrupt and distract and, and, and discourage. Lord, we thank you that you are working out your plan and you have provided for us in Jesus Christ a Savior who is with us and who transforms us from the inside out, who changes us by grace. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that refreshes our peace as well, that you are with us in every situation. You never leave us nor forsake us. We pray that you would just etch these things upon our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray.